0: Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson.
1: Matt, how are things today? Things are good. I am in my, back in my dorm room here at St. Vincent's College. we got two more practices for Steeler camp before it uh, closes up, but unfortunately there's a, a kind of a negative vibe after their wide receivers coach, Coach Drake, passed away a couple days ago. So, uh, really sad story, good guy, um, and now life has to go on, but it's kind of an odd situation up here.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly a tragic situation there, and um, and, and and the timing is no. uh, adds even more to the challenge of of his loss. So that's sure. definitely a tough spot for the Steelers, and and obviously even more than uh, even more than the football implications uh, for his family and, and the team. Matt, we've got a a great guest with us today, a returning guest. We've got our buddy Scott Barrett from Pro Football Focus. He's the senior
2: fantasy analyst over there. Scott, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Excited to be back.
0: Yeah, yeah. Always glad to have you on. I always learn from you. And most recently, I've learned... Uh, a lot from you from this this massive article you released uh, last week it's 96 stats three fantasy football stats for every NFL team for 2019 uh, which really it it was way more than 96 though I I saw right you you know part a part b part c on multiple stats (laughs) do you do you have an actual account of how many uh, how many stats you dropped in that article
2: I, I do not, but I, I do know this is by far our, you know, longest piece of the season. I think it's like seven thousand words, six thousand words. But it's also our our most popular article of the season in terms of page views and things like that. So uh just yeah, this is my magnum opus of the, the year. If you're gonna read one article from me, uh make sure it's this one.
1: It's amazing. Yeah, I love it. It's really, really good.
0: Yeah, I, I was I saw somebody else say this that it took me uh, it took me well over an hour to really read and digest all of this information. So I can only imagine how long it took you to to research and write. What was what was that that process like for you for this one?
2: Yeah, be careful with that. I know no one wants to read a an article for an hour. So uh, I will say I, I put uh, little intermissions in the article. So, you know, you can come back, revisit it, whatever. But uh, it actually didn't take me too much time. I I mean, all these art, uh, stats I had buried in other articles. So I just kind of spent a day and a half just combing through my old articles and just picking and choosing some of my favorite stats. For some teams, I, I had to leave off some really good stats. For other teams, like the Redskins, I kind of had to rack my brain to come up with an extra two stats. But... Uh, this took like three days, I think, which uh, I talked to Matthew Berry. who said basically takes him the same amount of time to do his piece. So um, it's just it's just one of those articles that, you know, massive. But, uh, you know, the, the feedback was overwhelmingly positive. So definitely worth the time for me.
1: Scott, it, it's awesome, like I said. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, I would watch Game of Thrones and be like, man, I got to go back and watch that again. I, I, there's too many things that happened that I missed. So I think I need to go... <laughs> round two and, and check out your article for a second time. So I absorb more. Oh, I love more. that. And this podcast will help. Yeah, no doubt.
0: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It's, it's certainly worth, uh, worth a second look if you've already read it. Scott, you talked about uh, Matthew Berry there, and and you also referenced him uh, in the intro to your article, his 100 facts uh, article that he writes each year. That that was kind of the inspiration that that you drew from. Uh, other than that, what else really pushed you to write this? Because as you said, it it certainly got some uh, some some great feedback and, and was well received in the community. That was that was kind of the talk of uh, talk of Twitter last week.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, it's just perfectly in my wheelhouse you know i'm i'm known as the stats guy on twitter uh so i know i i knew i could do a really good job with this uh like i said i had all all these stats were already written so wouldn't take me too much time at all and just like for 15 years my favorite article every season was matthew berry's 100 stats piece so just really excited to read it uh his uh, his work really excited to you know put my own uh sort of twist on it and uh yeah, I had a blast writing it, and, and like I said, yeah, feedback overwhelmingly positive, so it uh, definitely seems like there is a demand for it as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, while you uh, while you mentioned
0: in the title and in the article that it's uh, stats for the 2019 season, you know, here we always like to put the dynasty spin on things, and and I do think you had several stats that uh, were not only relevant for this year, but uh, maybe for the next two, three, four years, uh, and, and that's what we really look for as dynasty players. So I know you've you've picked out a few that we're going to focus on today. Um, I, I'm going to share some of those and. Uh, let you talk about those players, those stats, where those numbers come from, and kind of what you see for those players, not only in 2019,
1: but beyond as well. Okay, let's do it. Before we do, if you don't mind, I just like to tell everyone a little bit about Harrys. that work for you guys? Uh, I joined it, jumped on the Harry's train long ago. Um, 10 million have tried Harry's and are now hooked. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash dynasty. Harry's founders were just two regular dudes tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced gimmicks. Uh, They make high-quality, durable blades at a very fair price, only $2 a blade. And to keep prices low, they cut out the middleman. Harry owns a world-class blade factory in Germany. They've been making some of the best razor blades in the world for 99 years now. And now they provide that great quality at factory-direct prices. They have a 100% guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. So here's what you do. Refresh your wallet and your face with Harry's Trial Set. Comes with a wonderful weighted handle. It's easy to grip. Five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close straight shave. Rich, lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling wonderful. And a, trade, a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go like I am here in my dorm room. Uh, listeners to our show can redeem that trial set at harrys.com slash dynasty. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash dynasty to redeem your offer and let them know that we sent you to help support the show.
0: Scott, the first player I wanted to take a look at uh, that I thought was really important from your article, I know you did as well, is, is Kyler Murray, of course, rookie quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, the first overall draft pick in the NFL draft. And, and you noted that he scored over 500 fantasy points last year, uh, his, his final season in college, which was the seventh most... Uh, since 2000, uh, among college players right now with Kyler Murray, we're already seeing him drafted as, as the 1.05 pick in, uh, in dynasty rookie drafts. He's the quarterback seven in dynasty startup drafts that just that, that ADP alone in those two, those two sets of data is just, it's a lot to live up to. Can, can he live up to the hype and how do you project him? Where do you expect him to finish? or Or to rank in maybe next off season adps is, is he going to improve on this
2: q b seven rank uh yeah, just to speak to this stat um this is one of my most controversial because i I followed that up with you know we were saying a b c stats, and uh um, one of the the follow up stats is that uh Cliff Kingsbury when he coached Johnny Menzel was one of the only like three quarterbacks. Uh, to finish ahead of him over this span. A lot of people thought me comparing him to Johnny Menzel was a negative. No, 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 no that's a positive. So mm-hmm. in 2012, yeah. uh, when Kingsbury was Johnny Menzel's offensive coordinator, Johnny Menzel totaled 510 fantasy points, fifth most since 2000. And then the next year after Kingsbury left, Menzel saw a massive reduction in fantasy points, rushing volume, rushing efficiency, uh, basically halved uh, in terms of rushing volume uh, and rushing efficiency and rushing production. So basically, uh, we know Kyler Murray has you know sky high potential. Uh, according to PFF, one of the top three highest graded seasons we've ever had from a quarterback, both in terms of passing and rushing. So that Konami code upside massively high. His best season ranks. Very favor- favorably to Baker Mayfield just as a passer. And then, you know, a perfect marriage with Cliff Kingsbury. So you have to be super excited. Uh, is he going to be higher than QB7? Yeah, probably. I, I feel good about that. I mean, he's definitely, you know, priced high after all this buzz. But uh, I took him 101 in, in a Dynasty rookie super flex draft. Felt great about that. Didn't think it was particularly close with anyone behind him. Um, And we were stacked at quarterbacks there. So, uh, yeah, got to feel good about him. It's just great offensive scheme fit, great player, uh, all in.
1: I think that system's really favorable to him, too. I think they're going to be losing a lot of games. I mean, he has all the qualities. I love watching him play. Quick twitch player, a lot of receivers on the field. David Johnson, I think, might catch 100 balls. I mean, I'm all in on that offense in Murray.
0: Yeah, I am, I am as well. The the only thing I guess that I would tell dynasty players is you know, we saw Arizona, we saw Murray in his debut in that in the preseason game and he certainly looked uh looked the part and was impressive. That doesn't mean we should we should bump him up the ranks even more. I mean, again, he's already being drafted as the 5th rookie in one quarterback leagues, certainly the 101 in super flex leagues as uh, as Scott mentioned, quarterback seven overall in Dynasty startup drafts—that's where he belongs for now. He he could definitely earn uh, a, a higher rank throughout the season, but we're drafting him with these expectations that he's going to look good uh, in preseason games and things like that. So uh, don't don't count it twice. Don't move him up just because he's doing what we expected him to do.
1: Yeah, it's baked in. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Scott, next guy I want to ask you about is another player who's been talked about quite a bit this offseason. I I don't want to say debated because it seems like pretty much everybody is on board with Tyler Lockett. Um, You talked about the the multiple stats in the article, and this is one of them. I think you had uh, five or six just about Lockett. I'm going to try to hit all of those. Uh, Russell Wilson had a perfect passer rating when targeting Tyler Lockett, I believe you said. That was the first time in the PFF era that that's been done. Uh, Lock, Lockett ranks, ranked first overall in wide receiver ranking over the past decade, not, not just last season. His 14.9 yards per target were also the, uh, the most of the past decade for receivers with at least 25 targets. He averaged 3.28 fantasy points per target, most since 1992 when, uh, when we began recording targets as a stat. And last season, he ranked 16th in fantasy points. He was the wide receiver 16, but was only 57th in targets. So again, it seems like everyone's on board with Lockett um, continuing this breakout. We know Doug Baldwin is gone uh, from that team due to his injury. So we know Lockett's going to see uh, a higher volume, but there's no way he can match these efficiency stats. So how do you balance that out in... Uh, in your assessment of Lockett for 2019 and beyond, um, it, is the volume going to be more important than the dip in efficiency? And can we can we count on Lockett as a wide receiver too in Dynasty moving forward?
2: Yeah, so I, I actually looked at the regression. Uh, so just comparing Tyler Lockett in 2018 to you know all other wide receivers who posted similarly ridiculous efficiency numbers and basically uh, we should expect a decline in fantasy points per target by 39.4 percent which is significant Uh, the thing is though shouldn't we also see an increase in targets Doug Baldwin's no longer there replaced by practically nobody and he was amazing typically when a wide receiver is amazing they see even more targets the next season i'm hopeful that that's the case still i think his upside especially in terms of volume is capped in this offense uh doug baldwin was consistently one of pff's top 12 highest graded wide receivers rarely you know saw a true wide receiver ones target numbers uh brian schottenheimer throughout his career his wide receiver one ranks lowly in targets per game uh do do I think he's going to be a wide receiver one? No. If if he had, you know, high-end wide receiver two volume, uh, for sure. But I, I, I still think volume is going to be an issue, though it's going to be significantly better than next year and hopefully a little bit more than enough to offset this efficiency decline.
1: Scott, do you agree that really the key here, as great as Lockett is, is his quarterback? I mean, Wilson is historically very efficient, an awesome deep passer, you know, uh, creates well late in the down, which would favor a guy like Lockett who could get open. Um, I think Wilson's the whole key here because and I also think another key with his team is their defense has a chance to be really bad this year i think they throw more the pie grows in terms of number of pass attempts
2: yeah so that'd be great for him that'd be great for russell wilson uh and that's pretty much the only way i see them you know being a more pass heavy offense as if they're forced to be um what you said about russell that's completely true you know we, we've seen it every single year with this slot wide receiver whether it was golden take or D- or Doug Baldwin, no matter what, those guys were just posting some hyper-efficient numbers. So it's hard to divorce how good is Lockett versus how good is Russell Wilson. Luckily for for fantasy, uh, it doesn't really matter. We know Lockett the past few years has been hyper-efficient. We know every year Russell Wilson's wide receiver one is hyper-efficient. So we can feel comfortable saying, you know, that's going to continue this year.
0: All right, Scott, uh, the the next guy or, or actually guys I wanted to ask you about are a couple of tight ends. I think fantasy players, dynasty players have big expectations for both of these players this year. And, and you had some numbers to maybe back up that that hope, those expectations. First, Evan Ingram, uh, you noted that Evan Ingram averages or has averaged 8.9 fantasy points per game when Odell Beckham Jr. was in the lineup. Of course, we know that's no longer the case after the trade to Cleveland. Uh, Ingram has averaged 13.3 fantasy points without Beckham in the lineup. Um, And then the other uh, tight end kind of in that same range is OJ Howard, Uh, O.J. Howard ranked second among all tight ends last year in PFF grade. He also averaged 2.83 yards per route run and averaged 12 yards per target. So I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I look at the top tiers, uh, the current top tier of tight ends. And and for most, that is Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Zach Ertz. I I think the next year or two years, um, we really see a major shakeup in that top tier really just like we did last year. If, if you look back to last year, uh, Kittle was just a sleeper and Ertz was a guy who had never really lived up to expectations. So I, I think we could see a couple of other guys crashing that top tier. Do you think it could be Ingram? It could be Ertz. Um, or, I'm sorry, it could be uh, O.J. Howard. Or, or maybe it's another player. Who, who do you feel, I guess, uh, the, the safest about taking that next step?
2: Yeah, so I had a recent tweet uh, maybe three days ago comparing Hunter Henry's first two seasons in the NFL to O.J. Howard's first two seasons in the NFL. Uh, and they're they're roughly the same age right now. And basically, I just think both of those guys have the potential to be you know all-time great tight ends. I, I really believe that. Their numbers are just off the charts any way you want to look at it on a per route, per target basis. I don't think Evan Ingram is that good, but I feel far more comfortable in his volume this season than I do – either of those two tight ends. Uh, We saw last year a big three at the position. We're in redraft. Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, George Kittle were all league winners, legitimately. And Kittle was the guy I was saying this about last year, what I'm saying this year about Henry and O.J. Howard. Own him on every single dynasty league. Uh, I don't think Engram's as good as the other two, but I think his volume is going to be better to the point where we have to consider him to be in that tier so it's the big three that won championships last year and it's the the littler big three that has the potential to join that and i think they do join that this year you know l- lowering the the parity uh, or increasing the parity um uh, much more so than what we saw last year where it was just like the big three and no one else particularly coming close um so, yeah, if if I'm in a dynasty league, I'm buying all those guys. Hunter Henry's the cheapest at ADP, so he's the guy I target. He's the guy I've been targeting all offseason. Um, and and his value bump comes at Mike Williams' expense for me.
1: Hmm. Scott, do you agree, though, that if you only had one, it would be Howard? That, that's my pick. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. And, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. I think Hunter Henry, like
2: if you just took Hunter Henry and O.J. Howard and put them on every single team. I think Hunter Henry scores more fantasy points than O.J. Howard more of the time. But I just think O.J. Howard's fit in that offense, you know, as this uh, deep threat that he was in college, now deep threat in this Bruce Arians offense, I just think that's just a a perfect combination there. And And he's the better bet to outscore Hunter Henry this year. Though I'm not sure Howard's the better player, which is what you know, 9 out of 10 Dynasty players will say.
1: Yeah, I think Howard's... If anyone's going to crash that top 3 tier, I would definitely put a chip on Howard. And I would go so far... And Ryan, I'm curious what you think about this. If I offered you Ertz for Howard, I would trade Howard for him straight up. And I would even maybe even consider dumping Ertz for Engram or Henry.
0: Yeah, I mean I've I've talked about it on here before uh, this this off season I've talked about it on the DLF Dynasty podcast as well. I mean to me Ertz is the number one probably the number one biggest sell in all of Dynasty based on his ADP based on the production that we saw last year with his opportunity and, and then they 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 get their guys healthy from last year, they bring back Deshaun Jackson, they draft our Sega White Whiteside. We're expecting a larger role for Dallas Goddard. Uh, just everything seems to be going against uh, Ertz in, in his future production and then you, you see him drafted in the third round of dynasty startups. and, and I just don't get it. I, I don't know if I'm ready to take, you know, take some of these guys that we've been talking about ahead of him or, or even up in a trade, but when you're looking at ADP and you can get Howard or uh, Ingram or Hunter Henry, two, three, four rounds later, then I don't think it's even a conversation. Uh, I, I would not be surprised at all if we fast forward to this time next year and Zach Ertz is not even a top five dynasty tight end. And In fact, that's that's pretty much my expectation at this point.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. But one thing I do think that's noteworthy with tight ends is something I always think about late in the process. Like I, right there, I said, boy, I'd trade Ertz for those guys. But a guy like Ertz, there's so many tight ends that just last forever, you know? And I think his style of play translates to having eight more productive years. I mean, I'd still rather have the young guys that I think have a lot more ability, but you look at Witten, Gates, Gonzalez, Heath. I mean, like there's so many of them that just learn the nuances of the position and last forever. I I think so
0: too. But arts is also a guy who has had, you know, these minor nagging injuries Mm -hmm. every, every year of his career. Um, Including last year, I, I, I think he missed at least one game last year. So, um, uh, yeah, again, I'm I'm pretty much off Ertz. Scott, back to OJ Howard. You also had a, a a Jameis Winston stat that kind of supported uh, an OJ
2: Howard breakout. Is that right? Yeah. So, uh, what's really interesting about Jameis Winston is he's the second best quarterback in football when targeting tight ends in terms of efficiency, wow. but he's bottom five when targeting any other position. So throughout his career, uh, on just 19.6% of his attempts, uh, 38.6% of his touchdowns came when targeting tight ends, just 13.8% of his interceptions, uh, and a high percentage of his yardage too. Uh, as for why that is the case, I'm, I'm not really sure, but the, the important takeaway for fantasy is, is just that Winston throws a really high percentage of his touchdowns uh, to tight ends. And he's very efficient when targeting them. So it's a good reason I think that continues next season in spite of the coaching change.
1: That's so weird. And it's not like, oh, he had Gronk. <laughs> you know? I mean, like, it's not like he had great tight ends.
2: Right. And this is something I've been talking about for each of the past two years. So And each year it becomes truer and truer. So I don't see it as being a weird outlier thing.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Folks, by now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online. You know, we've told you about them several times. It's a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team, just like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is all about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades. Franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Sounds really complicated, right? It really isn't. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is a platform to test your mettle. You're still not sure? You can test out your general manager skills for free in a mock draft-free agency auction, if you like what you see, use our promo code BLUEPRINT, all one word, to receive 10% discount on your team or league today. The code is BLUEPRINT. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com.
0: Scott, it, it kind of pains me to talk about this next one, but I do think it is important. It's, it's one thing that stood out uh, when, when reading your article. It's about Amari Cooper. So we, we, we started out with on, on, a, on a strong note here with um, Cooper averaging 17.9 fantasy points per game once he was traded to Dallas, which is good news. Uh, that's that's kind of the end of the good news there, though. You note that over the past two years, 2017, 2018, that Cooper had the same number of 80-plus yard games, which was seven, as he did uh, games with... 10 yards or fewer, so also seven seven games where he couldn't even crack double-digit uh, yardage. You also uh, noted that in both 2017 and 2018, Cooper scored 52% of his fantasy points in, uh, in just a span of three games, meaning in the rest of his games in 2017, he averaged 5.5 fantasy points. In 2018, he averaged seven fantasy points. Uh, which is well outside of the usable range. I think even maybe outside of the top 75, you noted. Currently, Cooper is being drafted as the wide receiver nine in Dynasty ADP. What do we do with Amari Cooper?
2: Yeah, so that's a good question. This was just kind of a roller coaster stat ride, which is exactly what I intended for it. It's just Uh to show you the boomer bus nature Uh, of a player he is you know he's high risk incredibly high risk incredibly highly volatile on a week-to-week basis but the rewards there we saw what he did last year with dallas and it was really impressive what am i doing in dynasty i'm selling him for sure uh that could come back to to bite me but uh i think you know the adp sell price is is too attractive right now people still you know focusing on those final 11 games with dallas uh, he's just he's just too risky for me.
1: I mean, is that the whole is that the whole you know backbone behind it? Is yeah, he's a quality player and he might be better now in Dallas than he was in recent years, but just too many down weeks.
2: I I mean, that's legitimately a, a huge part of it. Is just yeah, you know, I, I typically tell people don't worry too much about variance, volatility, week to week uh, in redraft or dynasty. That's really a DFS thing, but. In his case, it's, it's just, like, it's embarrassingly bad. It's it's <laughs> over 50% of his points just three weeks. He's putting up wide receiver 86 numbers the rest of your time. And, like, are you going to start him when he explodes and eat those, you know, wide receiver 86 weeks? Uh, I don't know. But I, it's it's more so just I don't know how good he is. Like, he's being priced as though he's a top 20 wide receiver in the NFL. And... I don't know how much I'm buying that. He ranks worst among all receivers in the NFL and drops since entering the league. He's had so many weeks of just where he's shut out. 20 or fewer receiving yards, 10 or fewer re- receiving yards. You don't see that from high-end wide receiver ones in the NFL. I was on Tory Holt's radio show uh, a few weeks ago, and I contrasted it. And it's Torrey Holt played in twice as many games, and he had like four games with fewer than ten receiving yards in those games, and Mari Cooper had three times that amount in half as many games. It's just a big red flag, and and a, a guy who's just I don't know. I'm just just not completely sold on him as a player, and he's he's not as valuable as guys putting up similar numbers due to the volatility.
1: Would it shock you if he was a wide receiver one this year?
2: That's the thing. Yeah. Wouldn't be crazy shot. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm not drafting him anywhere near that high, but, but yeah, the the upside's there. It's, it's attractive. It's real. We've seen flashes of it. For me, there's just too many red flags waving for me to see what's the greener pastures behind it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's all fair. Like I said, a little depressing for me. The, uh, <laughs> I, I think the it, it might be time to retire the anything for Amari uh, moniker. You still got Juju Scott- though, buddy. That's right. I'm, I'm, I've hit on that one. I think Uh, Scott looking at this dynasty ADP, I mentioned that Cooper is wide receiver nine. Let's, let's try to find where you think he does belong. Stefan Diggs is wide receiver 10. I'm assuming you're taking Diggs ahead of Cooper Keenan Allen is wide receiver 11. Uh, probably he's not, he's not really a guy I'm, I'm salivating for. Okay. Um, Antonio Brown's actually twelve. I'm going to skip him for <laughs> obvious reasons. Some some major change in his value. Adam Thielen is uh, wide receiver thirteen. Yeah, I mean he's old, but but I'm totally a Thielen guy. Okay, Brandon Cooks at fourteen.
2: Yeah. DJ Moore fifteen. I think I think Cooks is like the ideal arbitrage Amari Cooper play. Uh, yeah. Who did you say after him? Uh, DJ Moore. No.
0: Okay. So, so maybe, maybe you feel that Cooper belongs more in the 14-15 range, uh, which is where Moore is. Some other guys next in line, T.Y. Hilton, Galladay, Chris Godwin, Calvin Ridley. Uh, any, any of those stand out to you that you would prefer over Cooper that might be a surprise?
2: Yeah, I'm, Godwin's up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hilton's, you know, nearing the age cliff, but I would bet he outscores Cooper this year, probably next year.
1: Yeah, what would you yeah, need in fair. future picks to trade Cooper?
2: Um, that, that's a really good flush? question, yeah. but I, I'm going to encourage all of your listeners to read uh, one of my articles on a stat. I called Breakout Grades. So it's basically just breakout age, but looking at PFF grades. And like some of the guys who stood out in that was uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mari Cooper was another. Also Kiki Kuti, uh Greg Dorish, but like the rest of the guys were kind of guys who have already hit. And basically by this stat, it says next year's class is going to be ridiculous. And, you know, Mike Renner of bachelorette fame, but who, who works as the lead draft analyst for, for PFF, he just released his big board for next season. And it's just so many wide receivers in the top 15 in the top 35 and, all the data I've looked at says, yeah, that's, that's how it should be. So uh, I'd definitely be excited to, uh, you know, let a, let a draft calculator determine whatever his worth is at ADP. But uh, I'm definitely looking to acquire uh, some 2020 picks and 2021 picks as well.
1: All right, Ryan, so you have Cooper, and my teams are pretty darn bad, and I offer you my next year first. Are you considering it? You got to do more than that.
2: Yeah. I, I
0: I, mean, I really don't think unless you're just totally rebuilding, I really don't think you can trade a guy for a guy like Cooper for just picks. I think you need, uh, you know, take your shot on a young guy you like and then get a pick or, or two picks thrown in on top of that. Uh, I'm I certainly think it's reasonable to ask for Chris Godwin in a first rounder. Um, Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk and probably more than a first rounder, honestly. Okay. So you know, look, there's a ton of young wide receivers, uh, not just the like the ones that Scott mentioned coming into the league in the next year or two, but uh, there's already, um, you know, a, a dozen guys that, that we like. DJ Moore, Godwin, um, Ridley, he talked about uh, Kiki QT. So, you know, pick your favorite, throw a pick or two on top of that if you want to sell Cooper. Uh, Scott, last guy I want to ask you here, uh, ask you about today is another guy that everybody seems to be on board with as a, as a possible breakout candidate in 2019. It's the Ravens tight end, Mark Andrews. And and this, these are some of my favorite stats from the entire article. Andrews represented 26% of Lamar Jackson's passing yardage uh, last season, once Jackson took over, but he only, he he did that on only 12% of the targets. He also uh, ranked sixth uh, uh, among tight ends at PFF grade and was fifth best in yards per route run. Uh, the hype is kind of caught up with Andrews. He's now being drafted as a tight end one, uh, the tight end 12 overall uh, in August. So is Andrews another guy lower down the line that you could see cracking that top tier of tight ends? Or are we moving too fast with that?
2: Uh, no. So I I love Andrews, you know, pretty much outlined the case for him in this article and a bunch of other articles along with, you know, insane hype coming out of, out of camp, uh, pre-draft last year, he was my number two tight end after Dallas Goddard. And then when Jasicki went so high, you know, I, I bumped Jasicki up to, uh, either tight end one or tight end two, but Andrew's still coming in at three. Um, yeah, I I just love him. I I think he has an amazing rapport with Lamar Jackson, perfect fit in that offense. You know, it's going to be a lot of uh, play action passing to open up the middle of the field where Andrews excels. Uh, he crushed with Jackson last year, ridiculous numbers in terms of yards per route run. Anything else you want to look at, especially for a rookie? Rookies tend to make a massive leap in year two. If there's a George Kittle type player this year, uh, you know, breaking out. With an ADP in the you know, tight end 12 to tight end 24 range, it's this guy.
1: I'm with you. I mean, I love his talent. I had questions about him coming out of Oklahoma, honestly. I just thought, boy, he's just a receiver, but I don't know why that bothered me. Who cares? That's all these guys are anyways, you know. And I, I, one note, though, and I heard Evan Silva talking about this a little bit this week, was he's a little worried about Andrew's snap counts. They have so many tight ends— he might be off the field 10% more than somebody's every down tight end.
2: Yeah. So that, that's a legitimate worry. He, last year he ran a route on only 49% of Baltimore's dropbacks. I mean, I, I think that has room to grow. It wouldn't shock me if we saw something like, uh, advanced McDonald, Jesse James to the ire of fantasy owners everywhere. Um, but he's definitely deserving of a full-time workload. You can read my, my article, uh, from from uh, last year where I talked about having Andrews as my number three tight end post-draft, uh, I just trashed Hayden Hurst as much as possible because he's not good. It was a terrible pick. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to be a tight end one this year, and I think he has a lead upside. Um, and even if he doesn't see, you know, a George Kittle-like snap share, which I don't think he will, uh, it's not the end of the world still the primary best receiving tight end and maybe receiver, uh, healthy receiver on this offense.
1: Yeah, I really think he leads the team in receptions by maybe a wide margin.
2: I mean, I love Marquise Brown, but I I don't think he's going to be healthy until maybe tail end of the season, if that. So a question for both of you looking
0: at the current tight end ADP and uh, going back to some of the guys we talked about earlier. So O.J. Howard's ADP is 51 Evan Ingram, uh, virtually the same, 54.5, so they're certainly in the same range. Hunter Henry, a little lower than that, about a round lower than that at 64 overall. And then you have Mark Andrews at 111 overall. Is it, is it even a question of considering the value, which guy you would want to draft?
1: Why don't you start, Scott?
2: Well, I, I, I kind of only play in tight end premium leagues. So I just love tight end premium leagues i know i was bugging you for tight end premium adp the other day but uh i so i would just grab like as many of them as i can yeah all of them yeah in in another league um non-tight end premium i don't know i i kind of like the idea of a mark andrews a young guy to give you upside and then and then drafting you know delaney's super super late greg olsen super super late to yeah. cover your floor um, probably better value than the other guys. But I, like I said, I do love all, all those other guys as well.
0: Well, the other guy on the on the tight end conversation, and, and you mentioned some of the older tight ends, the other player I nearly put on our, our list to discuss today was, was Jordan Reed. And the numbers you had for him were, were so impressive. And I, I think early in his career, he had you know, he, he developed kind of a reputation among fantasy players as just a, a a reliable scorer and, um, certainly outperforming his ADP. He was a third or fourth round rookie pick in dynasty drafts. Uh, but then injuries just continued to, to plague him. And that really became what he was known for. And and now it's almost as if we go into every season, just assuming he is going to get hurt and, and and maybe he will, I, I don't know, but. Um, you, you, had a note that he's, he's had his best camp of his career so far this year. And, uh, he's, he's basically free in, in all formats, not only dynasty, but redraft as well.
2: Yeah. So I have a question for you. I, I just, I have a Titan premium league expert league. Uh, I just won the championship and I'm just massively stacked at tight end. I have Ertz, I have Kittle, I have Doyle, I have, uh, Goddard, I have a bunch of guys. Uh, I just traded Jordan Reed for Golden Tate. What do you guys think of that?
1: Hmm. I was sitting here thinking, I want Reed on all my rosters for nothing. Because when he's not hurt, I'm going to start him every week. When he's hurt, I kind of have that baked in. It doesn't cost me anything. I'll find somebody else. There's enough tight ends to go around. Um, I think I'd rather have Reed. Mm. I, my thinking is just like either he
2: is who he was last year where he clearly lost a step Mm -hmm. and it's a bad offense and basically not very uh, worthwhile or or he's who he was a few years ago. In which case I definitely lost that trade and he's just going to smash, you know, the the numbers we cited crazy, crazy high. Um, It's just, it's just one of the, another boomer bust, you know, guy where it's hard to value him because the risk is so high. The reward is so high and it's, it's hard to just say he's perfectly in the middle and then you're pricing him with, I don't know, like Delaney Walker, let's say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's he's actually, uh, according to our ADP data at DLF, he's actually being drafted behind Delaney Walker, um, who who's another player. Most, most people seem to have given up on despite his production. Scott, I, 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 lied. I've got to sneak one more guy in here. I, I know we said, we said these were dynasty relevant players. The the reason for that is they're young or they're, uh, we're, we're looking at them as possible breakout candidates in 2019. But I think I read every word of the article, at least, uh, at least once, maybe twice. And the only player that I saw that is, is on dynasty waiver wires right now is Greg Dorch. Uh, so you, you didn't necessarily have a stat. You kind of went, went rogue a little bit on that one, but you, you told your readers that Greg Dortch needed to be on a dynasty roster. So why don't you tell our listeners why? Yeah, so the two
2: cop-outs in this article, uh, and it's not because I ran out of stats, is basically just read this article about Greg Dortch, read this article about Albert Wilson, two guys I love. So Greg Dortch... Uh, He was drafted when he was just 20 years old. Uh, PFF's highest-graded slot wide receiver over the past two seasons. Uh, In that span, 1,800 yards, 17 touchdowns, 142 receptions. He did all of that with a broken bone in his wrist. Uh, Also, PFF's third-highest-graded punt returner last year ran a 4.4940. What does this say? All this says this guy shouldn't have gone undrafted. I've been burned before, but, like, Every year, I just love to be like, here's a diamond in the rough. And I think it's Greg Dorch. And, you know, adding to his upside is we know Adam Geese loves slot wide receivers. We know Jamison Crowder, detailed injury history. This guy's tearing up camp. Uh, Danny Kelly, who's one of my favorite, you know, film grinding analysts, one of the best around, huge on Dorch, too. So uh, pick him up if you're in a deep. Uh, waiver league, some other guys to pick up. I just picked up Jacoby Myers in one league. Uh, make sure you get Preston Williams. That guy looks like he's going to be a stud. Um, but, uh, but Dorch, Dorch is my guy. The, the guy I am putting uh, the DFB stamp on. All right, very
0: nice, very nice. And a couple, you snuck a couple other uh, <laughs> targets in. We always like that. I got
1: a super quick question for you guys. Yep. Speed round, please rank for Dynasty Andrews. Goddard, Hawkinson, go Ryan. Uh, Goddard. Okay. Hawkinson, Andrews. That's mine as well. But I, I like them. Yeah, I'd take all three. And Scott. I think,
2: uh, Hawk, Goddard, Andrews. uh, I think who's the best of that three? I think Goddard's the best. Mm -hmm. But I, I just think that it's so hard for an offense to support two fantasy relevant tight ends. And Goddard's an amazing blocker where Ertz is clearly, you know, uh, the, res- the go-to receiver. I like it. All right, good stuff. Scott, tell
0: our listeners where they can find your work, especially uh, that that masterpiece, uh, if they have not read it already.
2: Yeah, uh, I'll be sure to pen 96Stats to my Twitter profile, which is at ScottBarrettDFB. All right, and check out all of Scott's work at Pro Football Focus.
0: Scott, thanks for joining us today. We'll be back next time with more Dynasty Blueprint.